When we talk about road tripping as a family, most people have sweet memories of laughing and singing karaoke with their families as they explore the open road. But I don't. Do you? Yeah, as a kid, the most we ever did was like these day trips to Niagara Falls. And that's mostly because some family member was thinking about visiting Niagara Falls um, and somehow they got in their mind that Niagara Falls is in Toronto and it's not. It's a common mistake. It's actually like an hour, maybe two hours away, if you include traffic, away from Toronto. So there's that. You know, now that I have my own family, Baby K has been on a number of road trips. We've been to Adirondacks, New York several times. It's now becoming our summer vacay road trip spot. We've been to Manchester, Vermont together as well. And we even went on our first cross-country road trip all before he turned two years old. When I share that I go on road trips with my son, I get a lot of peculiar looks. And that's because people think of all the unpleasant things that come with road tripping with the baby, including screaming, frequent bathroom breaks, and all of those are we there yet, I'm sure, for the older kids. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That is the first thing that comes to mind when thinking of bringing kids on a road trip. We're all about helping you become road trip ready. So you've invited my friend, Kevin Wager, an award-winning travel writer who runs multiple sites like Wandering Wagers, Ultimate Ontario, We Explore Canada, and Flavor the Globe. The man does not sleep. Sounds like you, Danielle. Kevin makes road trips a big part of his adventures, whether local or abroad and has gone on some epic road trips with his family. In this episode, Kevin shares tips for road tripping with kids, starting when they are infants all the way through their teen years. He stresses the importance of road trips, the good and the bad, and also the ugly, as a way to strengthen family bonds. Practical ways to stay organized, from packing snacks to playing games, and also tips for planning routes and how to rope your kids into the planning process. Bags packed. Mirrors adjusted. GPS set. We're road trip ready. I'm Chris. And I'm Danielle. We're two road trip enthusiasts collectively clocking in hundreds of miles. Or kilometers. A year exploring the U.S. and Canada. Now, if you love discovering new destinations. And hidden gems. The best kept secrets locals cherish. And ways to make your road trips more enjoyable. And affordable. You're in the right place. Time to shift into drive and get you road trip ready. I can look back and I can say the amount of learning that's happened uh, with each new destination that we visit has been astronomical. Every place that we go, we learn about new cultures. We learn about new points of view. We learn about new food and experiences. uh, And every time we learn something, it causes a shift in our own perspective about the world around us. So one of the coolest things about traveling with kids is that when you go to a place, they come back and they're going to have a perspective on life and value and culture and religion and um, you know general caring that, that a lot of people 
won't have. And a lot of kids that they have uh, or, or that they go to school with have never even contemplated before. Uh, because of that, it's it's awesome. It, it, they can they get to see things that you know most of us might never get a chance to see. And because of that, the world around you takes a different shape. And I, I, I think it's it's become such an important tool in raising them. Uh, I honestly, I honestly don't know what we would do if we if we weren't traveling because it's just been such a vital. Uh, educational component to our life. So I know that a lot of people, when they are starting a family, they abandon traveling. They're like, we're going to postpone indefinitely until we'll feel more comfortable. So how did you and your family decide to start traveling? Was it something that you had a conversation about? Were you both on the same page? Like, Take us back to that moment in time. Yeah, we were we were completely on the same page. Uh, my wife was a lot more of a traveler when we met than I was. Uh, I was, uh, you know, she introduced me to travel. I had not done anything really beyond kind of Disney and a couple of you know local road trips around uh, my home province. And uh, when I started traveling with her, I, you know, I caught the bug pretty early because it's, it's such a, it's such a life-changing experience. And it, it did not take us very much time to decide that this was something that, that we wanted our kids to experience too. Uh, two reasons for that, really. The first was we didn't want to lose that part of ourselves. Uh, and the second one was understanding the value that these experiences could bring to them. Uh, so what, uh, what is the main difference between road tripping with children uh, in different age ranges from infants to teenagers? And we're asking you this because I know that your kids started when they were younger and now they're older. So you've experienced the entire gamut of those differences. So what's that like? Well, the number of bathroom breaks you need to take. <laughs> um, I, I, we started road tripping with our kids basically when they were born, like two or three months old when we first did our when we did our first drive from Toronto to New York City. Um, and to be honest, when they're babies, that that tends to be when parents are the most afraid of when. <laughs> Of when uh, of, of, of traveling and road tripping with, with their kids, because just you know we look at kids as these fragile little little eggs that that we can't that you know we can't risk damaging. But the truth is, is that they're far more resilient than than we can get we ever give them credit for. And um, when you're traveling with a baby, the main focus is, is on making sure you take lots of stops because you got to change diapers and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you can't make sure you got to make sure that, uh, you know, there's, there's milk for them and that there's the, you know, they can get out and they can move around and see a few things. But most of the time they're just content being wherever their parents are. And as, as long as their comfort uh, is there with them, then uh, it, 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 they're really not very difficult to travel with at all. Uh, as they get older, then 
uh, you know, kind of around one and two and three, then you've got to start worrying about finding places to go to the bathroom because you can't just change a diaper on the road. Um, and then once they get older than that, kind of around, you know, four, five, six and beyond, it's, uh, it's making sure that they're active enough that they don't go insane, especially when there's two of them. Because all of a sudden, that little neutral zone between the two back seats become becomes a war zone, and you've got to make sure that they've got uh, enough going on that they can let off that pent up energy and uh, and and release it in a direction that's not someone else. A couple things, a couple things. Like I can definitely speak to the anxiety piece because on our first road trip with my son who was six months at the time. It was only like a two and a half hour road trip, but I was so anxious. And it's because of the unknown. And I literally overpacked the overpacked the car because I'm like, I need every little thing because like there's not a Walgreens or CVS or like pharmacy store like where I'm going, which is not true. Um so I could definitely speak to that. Uh now that your kids are older, how do you keep them entertained? How do you, do you give them an iPad? Do you like, what does that look like over the years? Uh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've never shied away from screens uh, when we're traveling. Uh, if we're in cars or planes or anything, there's only so much window you can look at before things start to go crazy. So We've always allowed them to use iPads or small devices that they can have some games on, that they can watch a movie on, or that also something that they they've both learned to love is taking pictures. So they use those to kind of capture their own memories while they're while they're around. Uh, my oldest son right now, he just started himself a Lego uh, a Lego travel channel where he takes his Lego figurines with them and then he sets them up in places and then takes cool play, cool photos of the, you know, the, the adventures and uh, the adventures of Lego men, I think is the name, uh, is, is the name of his Instagram channel. And it's just, you know, super cool shots of, of these Lego characters in beautiful places around the world, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, really it's like, we use like little board games that they can play. A lot of it is just making sure that we've got places to stop along the way. I mean, road trips and any travel experience is really about the it's about the journey, not just about the destination. So you want to make sure that that um, there's enough spots that you can go and you can kind of hype it up and you say, "Oh man, we're going to go to this place and it's going to be super awesome and it's only two hours away." So just be cool for the next two hours and then we're going to get there and it's going to be amazing. Um, as they get older, it gets a little bit easier. We've had some pretty epic bombs where we've had to rip across, you know, 2000 kilometers in a period of like a day or two because we've fallen behind or we had to do something and then we have to get back for something. I remember one time we were up in, uh, the far east of Quebec, and we had to get back to Ontario, and we had about a day to do it. 
And uh, we drove like the entire journey, I think, in one shot until our tire blew up somewhere on the 401. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, as they get used to it and as they kind of age, they, they now they just, you know, they, they've got music that they listen to. They've got a movie that they'll throw on. We'll have conversations. Sometimes they sleep. Uh, and actually, as they get older, the greatest thing is they love to sleep. They just, it was like, oh, man, we're in the car. And then they're out. And it's amazing. I'm like, where was this for like the last 10 years? But um, yeah, so that's a good thing as they get older. I think it's the teenage, you know, preteen growth spurts that's that's giving us that. So talk to us about the road trip planning process. You mentioned having kid-friendly spots that you map out and plan to go to offer breaks and offer opportunities to explore. So what does that look like? I know typically parents are looking for also children's museums, right? Like, okay, it has children's on the on the front, so let's go there. But like, what does that look like when you go off the beaten path? And how does that planning process look like for you guys? I mean, for us, we've always looked, we've never looked at things as child-friendly. The way the, our perspective on things is that pretty much anything can be child friendly as long as it's not dangerous or, uh, you know, awkward. <laughs> for, for example, uh, I was with my kids for five days in uh, the Netherlands and we're wandering around Amsterdam and accidentally wandered into the red light district. So awkward. Uh, but at the same time, my kids have seen a lot and my son said, dad, I don't think we're supposed to be here. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, we had a conversation about what it is and why it's a part of Amsterdam's history and et cetera. So they understood kind of what they just saw. And, uh, then we turned around and walked away to a, a rubber duck store, which was, uh, another completely different experience but uh for us it's it's uh, the idea of child friendly isn't necessarily hitting up children's museums or play places or playgrounds and stuff like that those things are awesome and they tend to be things that we do if we're going to a place that has one you know like if you're we're heading down into new york we'll stop into uh the museum of play in rochester um when we were cycling around Bruges, we found, you know, playgrounds where kids could hang out for an hour or two, kind of wind down towards the end of the day. But what we've, what Christina and I have both found is that it's really about keeping them active and engaged. And any kind of experience can be child friendly if you approach it in the right way, whether it's, uh, going for a hike, whether it's stopping at a viewpoint that's, uh, th that, you know, offers some nice scenery, whether it's, uh, uh, a children's museum or a food tour or anything is cool. As long as the kids feel like they are an active part of it and not an afterthought that's kind of being dragged along, uh, to experience it on your behalf. So. Uh, what we always like to do is is talk to the kids beforehand and say, hey, what do you guys want to do? Like, What's interesting to you? So that we can ensure that every trip 
that we have includes something that they're interested in as well. And that way, everything's balanced up. Everyone gets to have an experience or two within that trip that's that's focused on them. And the rest of us get to enjoy it from their perspective and vice versa. So they get to see something that I find really cool and then they learn from it. Uh, you know, we might do something that Dylan enjoys and then we all kind of get a, a perspective of his uh, and everyone grows and learns a little bit more about each other along the way. So I know that you and I are gearheads and we like to talk about gear. I know that you've re- uh, reviewed tons of gear over over your days of traveling. Um, but when it comes to road tripping, um, what are the must-have road trip gear that you cannot leave home without? For road trips specifically, uh, a couple of things that I really like, I, I always make sure I have a really good cooler, especially if it's a multi-day road trip. Uh, something that's going to keep uh, ice cold for a couple of days so you're not constantly having to replace your 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 ice and search for stores that sell it and things like that um another thing is keeping your stuff organized in the in the in the car is doing you know our clothes are always in packing cubes so that we can have each of our clothes separated we usually just travel with kind of one bag that we can bring in with us if we're going to a hotel or or pull stuff out when we're camping uh and things like that so that everything's organized each one of us has our own kind of color-coded cubes and then we just reach into the bag and then we know which one it is uh, and then we have a laundry separate laundry bag so all of our all the rest of our stuff doesn't smell and then charging ports we always make sure that we get those uh those like you know dual adapters so that everyone can keep uh i can keep my camera gear charged the kids can keep their devices charged and phones charged and all that stuff so that we can make sure that uh we don't get to a place and all of a sudden everything's dead and we can't uh, we can't take pictures of it. So I remember um, when we talked before, you also mentioned snacks, like packing a lot of snacks. But that was was that more when they were younger or are you still doing that now? No, big time. Yeah, snacks and drinks have always been important. Nothing's worse than being in a car like four hours away from the place that you're trying to get to and everyone's hungry and cranky. Um, so yeah, we always have a snack bag. We always have a drink, uh, like drinks in the cooler. Uh, and we try to use things that are kind of accessible. So the little area between the kids is usually our snack zone. That's where we, we you know, we, we, we keep a healthy mix of treats and healthy snacks so that, uh, people aren't going on like sugar crashes and stuff like that, but they're, you know, that you know we'll have vegetables and and fruits and stuff like that and then we'll have you know a couple of sweet treats or chips or whatever that the kid that the kids can enjoy from time to time but keeping the snacks healthy on a road trip is super important because otherwise uh, like too much sugar too much salt all those things kind of end up at least over a longer period of time, wearing the kids out, and then they don't end up having as good a time. So I'm wondering, like, do you use any apps or are you really techie when it comes to planning out your road trips? What kind of what kind of like research are you doing? Are you on Pinterest? 
We do. I mean, we do a lot of research in terms of the places that we're going to visit. So we usually have all of our stuff mapped out. We're checking out blogs. We're checking out Instagram. We're checking out uh, uh, travel websites and things like that. Sometimes we'll, uh, you know, in the case of like, for example, we did a, a ring road drive around Iceland uh, for I think something like 20 days or 21 days or something like that. And we actually worked with a company there that was able to kind of map out hotels and stuff like that. Like we told them what we wanted to see, and then they helped us map the route out and get the uh, and get the uh, hotels and things like that, so that we knew that we'd be and we'd at least have a place to stay in the night. In the at night, even though we, you know, during the day we were kind of on our own, can't always rely on your phone, especially. Um, uh, in remote areas, sometimes service cuts out and you know, all of a sudden you're looking for something on your phone that's just not there. Um, and, and we use maps. We even, like, we'll still use uh, paper maps in, in certain places, especially if there are areas that are known for, for not having great service because, or if the route's very complicated because sometimes the routes that uh, are mapped out for you aren't really the best for seeing things. Sometimes they are, um, you know, they take you the most efficient route and not necessarily the best route. That's a gem right there. That's so in line with what this podcast is all about. So with a family of four, I can imagine air travel becomes quite pricey. So would you say that road trips are an alternative for the financially savvy side, is it expensive, especially as a Canadian? Like, what does that look like road tripping in Canada as well? So it's two-parter. Let's talk about the money and talk about Canada. In terms of the money, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Road tripping is far more uh, financially accessible than air travel is, uh, especially within Canada. I mean, flights within Canada are incredibly expensive. and most Canadians live kind of within a couple of hours of the border. So road tripping makes both Canada and the United States very accessible for us. I mean, we're, you know, we're constantly driving around New York state. We'll head down into uh, Minnesota and uh, Michigan and Ohio and, and places like that because they're all just right there. So without a doubt, uh, road trips are, are, great if you're if you're dealing with any kind of a budget uh you can see just and the truth is is even when we fly places when we're there we're driving because it's it's the best way to see a place it's you have the most access to anywhere that you want to go and when you're driving you can simply say wow and you can check it out. And if you're, you know, if you're if you're on a tour bus or if you're if you're on a train, you don't have those options. You see something and then it's gone. And then you think to yourself, I wish that I wish I could have checked that out. That that was really awesome. Uh, and then you, if you want to, you literally have to go back, get a car, and go there. And uh, and you know, if you're if you're driving yourself, then you can just Pause. You can just say, "Okay, well, let's go check that out." Might add an hour or two to our day, but uh, 
will have seen it and then we'll feel accomplished and then we won't be wondering what if. I have a piggyback question also because as your children get older, their school schedules. So how do you navigate the school schedules? Do you pull them out of class? Like what what's your thought process there? Let me tell you something about schedules. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, we knew it was coming. And when it came and our kids became real people with like lives of their own and and the schedules and commitments that they needed to keep uh it hit us like oh god it hit us so hard and it's we're still reeling from it so our kids are both in school uh they are both uh they both play high level hockey they uh, are always on competitive teams within their schools and stuff like that. And it is insanely busy. There is our, if you look at my calendar, it's all their stuff and none of mine. This, this podcast is, is on my schedule. And I think I have like maybe a half an hour meeting later in the day and the rest of it is running around and doing things for them. And it gets, it makes things get complicated. Absolutely. Uh, so we do take them out of school and we have done that quite a bit in the past. As they get older, that becomes more challenging. Um, it's funny, my wife and I were talking the other day and we were saying, you know, it's getting really hard to like, organize these trips to go with the kids i mean and so we said hey you know what this december our kids have really busy schedules and things like that why don't you and i take a trip and then we'll go do something together because we haven't done that in a long time we haven't just gone the two of us uh, uh on an on an adventure together and so we told you know we told the kids and they were mad at us Said, yeah, you're leaving us behind. I was like, well, okay, you look at the schedule and say, when is it that we can go? And they're like, well, it is really busy. <laughs> so it, it gets more complicated and it gets more challenging and it gets, uh, and every family is going to be unique in terms of their own schedules because not every schedule is like ours and our schedule isn't like everybody else's. And the interests and personalities and flow of every family is going to change depending on what those interests are. And there's a million different combinations of interests and time-consuming projects, things like that, that are, that are out there. Um, and I'd love to be able to sit here and say, oh man, here, here's some great advice on, on how to manage it. But we're still figuring out our own. And it's, uh, I think every family has to look at it and decide what their priorities are. And if these experiences are part of that priority, you will find time to make it work. Um, we find time to make it work in our own way. Um, but we made sure to, to set that, 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 uh, those boundaries to say this is an important part of our life and we have to do it so this past summer we did a six-week road trip uh through a six-week 
travel, combining road trips uh, in Europe. And, uh, and that we knew that that might be it for us as a family until maybe next summer when the kids are, are out of school again. Um, and next year that we might have to adapt that again. It could be a completely different change, uh, depending on what they have going on and what we have going on. So it's, it's constant adjustment on the floor. My biggest piece of advice is just go do it because the more you think about it and the more you, uh, you know, you try to make the perfect plan, the less likely it is that it's going to happen. And the more you've done it, the easier it is to do in the future. So if it scares you, start small and go do a, you know, a camping trip at the local provincial or state park, uh, or do a road trip to a small town nearby and check it out. Um, look for some, look for a cool restaurant. Uh, there's always going to be uh, personality conflicts and, and things like that, but you can have, you'll have those same personality conflicts and those same issues at home. So why not do it in a cooler place? In the end, it's always the good memories that, that come back and the, the disasters are the things that you laugh about. And then you all kind of laugh and, and, you know, once it's in the past, it's it's not scary anymore. It's something that you've lived through and you've grown through. And there's definitely a lesson attached to that. So now you prepare, you change it for next time. So, you know, yeah. absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much. I feel like you mentored me personally because I have an 18 month old baby and I, all the things you talked about, like I'm learning on the fly and it is making it easier uh, so I really, really appreciate your time. Let everyone know where they can connect with you, follow you, and also your son's channel as well. So they could see all the Lego men. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you can find all of my uh, channels at Wandering Waggers, uh, W-A-G-A-R-S. Uh, we're on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and all those things. Uh, and don't forget the Adventures of Lego Men on Instagram. Give him a like and subscribe and let him know uh let him know he's doing a great job. <laughs>